back, everyone. Episode four. Um, sorry for our absence last week. Life, wedding planning, architecture school, it all just kind of gets crazy at times. So, uh, But here we are this week, and this week we're joined by our classmate and good friend, Trent. Hello. Welcome, Trent. Yeah, yeah. good to be here. <laughs> um, this week we're going to focus a little bit on kind of taking the focus away from architecture school. The last two weeks have been focused on broad overview, and then we talked about studio. So this this week we're talking about how common it is for people while they're in school to find great interest in things other than architecture. So like for me, I've found a good interest in graphic design. I'm not fantastic at it, but it's something that I enjoyed doing. I don't know, Nick, what about you? I guess a little bit of the same. That's just kind of something that almost kind of goes hand in hand with it. So I kind of like you, I'm not, you know, super great at it by yeah. any means. But, but it's something other than architectural design that we enjoy doing. Yeah, it's fun to do. Yeah. And Trent, the reason we wanted to have Trent on this week is because Trent has found a rather interesting it's a weird interest. It's quite weird. And anytime I walk past his computer screen in the in the architecture building, my mind is just like blown you know you, so. you go into architecture thinking you'll do the standard you know residential work you you want to go to do you know some cityscapes or some urban landscaping of some sort and i found myself in a position where i am staring at algorithms and mathematics and uh, uh coding languages like python and um, grasshopper and houdini, houdini to really express these futurism and exploratory forms in architecture which is super unique it's not something that anyone i wouldn't say it's common it's not something that you go into schooling for it's something yeah. that either just leaps out and finds you or you just know that's what you want to go into yeah after some exploration um did you know about it before you or did you just kind of like stumble upon it and my think, that's cool. my second year here we had a professor that uh, one of our projects was to create this hanging awning system for our school it was the cardboard you yeah. know awning project outside of our auditorium mm -hmm. of course and he and i got really close together and he taught me grasshopper basically hand and foot up down and i was our little team's lead for the actual approach of how to actually generate the thing and that's kind of what really started it the idea of being able to manipulate literally infinite amounts of ideas from this base little parameter inscription is just always been interesting to me. And that's kind of what started like the role in the steamroll, just yeah. in general. Which is for anyone that thinks that that sounds intimidating, it <laughs> it is to certain people because architecture is not something that you need to be just like this math whiz at. Yeah. But this is something that Obviously. You'd have to like personally go in. It's it's a lot of that dedicated time to learn yeah. this different language pretty much and then apply it to what you've come to learn through schooling and through practice and through experience and then manipulate that into this this thing. That's kind of yeah. what it usually comes out to is this just form that is kind of hard to describe. It's very obviously computer generated and trying to find that balance between at what point is this just you know computer work and at what point is this just architecture and trying to marry that too and really understand how design can be found through 
computers and what yeah. you can really use through that. And programs like Grasshopper can you can get down to the basics and you could basically just design a very simple building with Grasshopper, but then there are other things that you can do with coding and stuff like that that almost turns into like art. It, it just gets really sculptural. You can use it as this generative element where I can uh, produce literally an entire skyscraper and how the floor plans will be generated in minutes. And I can change that a billion times and have different iterations each time of how walls interact and how windows interact. But that's on the sub-level of uh, what it can do in its infancy. And then you can really begin to explore almost these organic forms and these nature-driven and... Um, I'll, I'll say space-driven uh, designs that almost feel very otherworldly in yeah. their approach in general. I know I've shown you a little bit of what I'm working on right now. It's this yeah. really just uh, exploratory, fractal sort of geometry being morphed into this um, this housing structure, actually. But So what what is the name of those three-dimensional fractals? They're, they're called a mandel bulb, and it's this... There is this long algorithm that uh, I can't remember it on the spot here, but this school of people spent, gosh, maybe like a decade or so just uh, working on the progress for this algorithm just to even work. And I, I can't say I took the approach they did and actually created something, but uh, as a computational designer, you can take um, things that have been established. You can go back to like, uh, just you know, basic geometry and math, and take like cosine and sine waves, and manipulate those in such great lengths that actually produce something that the original intenders of the algorithm weren't ever experiencing. You know, yeah. you can really start to uh, pull apart the thing at its core, and then push it to its boundaries. Yeah, which everything you just said, I kind of followed along. But majority yeah, of that yeah, goes that's over little, my head. It's a little over. No, it's okay. Nick was looking at me like I have no idea what he just said. Yeah. So okay. So <laughs> when you're design, we'll just say we'll use the term designing something because I don't really know what else to call it. Right. Do you have specific goals in mind, or are you just? Is it just like you're envisioning it in your head, and then you're just like pulling and pushing and like tweaking? It's, it's hard. You can begin at a sketching level and try to achieve, um, say you're trying to produce a sphere, for instance. But then you have to understand everything a sphere is composed of. You have to understand the line work of a sphere and the degree angles and how to actually code and type in those angles into um, the computer itself for its script reading language. So like I have to know how I can make point one go to point two to point three to form just a basic curve. And then I have to uh, manipulate that on such a large scale to whatever I'm trying to form and actually produce. So you have to know each little step, step by step, for the whole matter of what you're trying to create. And you've learned all of this on your own. Yeah, our school doesn't. Well, I, I can't say that. I was taught by one of our professors a little bit before he left. And then after that, it's been purely my own sort of guidance and me trying to figure out what exactly to do. Yeah, which is crazy. That kind of points at everything you've been talking about, just points at a number of things. One being that software and computers are getting to the point of being absolutely insane 
I mean, they already are absolutely insane. And whenever you can apply that to the things you're talking about, almost make it seem like architecture, plugging in some numbers and having it right. design an entire building. Like, I mean, that can go into a whole you host of that. other issues yeah. of like, okay, yeah. is it then actually designed? Is it, architecture? Is it actually architecture you know, at that yeah. point? But that's different topic. Basically, what I'm saying is the complexity of this kind of thing that you can do is incredible. I, and it's... It's just kind of insane to me. It's it's something I don't think that can be currently taught unless you are in the presence of people who are doing said thing. Yeah. I don't think you can go up to just many just firms in general or just schools and be like, hey, how do I do this? And I don't know if they'd be able to tell you. They might be able to point you in the direction of learning it. But if you don't have that personal drive behind whatever specialty you're trying to focus on, I think... You just won't get very far. Yeah. You know? But another thing that I think is just crazy, and I already knew it, but you really can teach yourself anything. Yeah. Yeah. You can spend the time as long as you're willing to put the effort in and at least know some sort of direction you're trying to go. You can do it. I mean, it's another language, but (laughs) you can spend the time to learn that language and then enjoy the benefits of what it can do for you in design. So you mentioned the being able to generate buildings with a few clicks right which i mean we and we kind of hinted that that brings up a pretty that's terrifying because you know exactly what point does architecture become architecture anymore at what point is it just some person who knows the language and is just plugging in you know xyz points and numbers from this yeah. to this, and it becomes just a building. Yeah. At what point is that architecture? Well, it's. I think that that could be very beneficial, but at the same time, I don't want to be put out of a job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, you know, one of the big things that we strive for is just efficiency mm-hmm. in general. And if we can put our time doing right. other things besides, you know, generating floor plans for a skyscraper or some type of office building that, you know, doesn't require a ton of focus and or thought if it just needs to function. And most people are looking for something that is extremely cost efficient. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that question, and, you know, maybe it's different in different parts of the country, but at least where we are, I feel like the question is, the first question is, how much is this going to cost? And what can we do to make that cost go down? Right. Yeah. And if... You're taking, if you can generate what they need faster, then that's helping them. Mm -hmm. And it's also helping you. Less time on both sides, less money spent. But it take, you know, does it take away, like, do you see this and what you've been doing? You know, eventually people will catch up with what you've been Technology always progresses. And I don't think it's bad that we can get smarter in that aspect. Mm -hmm. I think that we should be moving in that direction. Mm -hmm. And maybe that means, you know, losing a few of our old ways just in the way that we go about any given project. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know. It almost, it doesn't scare me, but it makes me wonder, you know, how valuable will an architecture degree, similar to one that we've received, you know, those, those things that we've learned back to the very basis of, how to form space, how to conceptually think, mm-hmm. how to yeah. think three-dimensionally, how to, you know, be creative and have purpose behind the decisions we're making. But if I can 
somehow incorporate that into a program where you're not necessarily losing the creative aspect of it, but you can use I math think, and algorithms to your benefit. You I know, think it's like, where some, do you draw the line? Yeah. At some point, it get. I don't think it's necessarily possible to have a person sit behind a computer screen and punch, punch in a bunch of numbers and create something as good as what could be created by the human mm -hmm. instead of the computer. Because when you think about it, you can plug in every single possible value into some complex computer algorithm and it will, by those numbers, create a space. But architecture is so much more than just creating a mm -hmm. building and space. It's the emotion that's felt, mm -hmm. the impact that it's going to have on people. And so mm -hmm. that's where you start to get into the question of, is it still architecture mm -hmm. as opposed to a building? And so I think that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. But question for you, Trent, is what are you hoping? Well, first of all, what are your plans after you graduate? So currently amidst everything going on, um, there's lots of grad school and going into the process. I, I'm personally just intrigued by new technology just in general. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting that we're talking about this now, but the prospect of how that can really influence and start to be introduced into design. You can look at like, um, say just uh, algorithmic design right now. And a lot of its purpose in the modern day firm is optimization. It's it's cleaning up those pages. It's it's putting your, uh, your dates on stuff a lot quicker and a lot simpler. It's numbering things, it's titling things. On a scale that would take a normal person hours, I can do that with one script in maybe a minute. Which sounds um, so great because yeah, from the internships that right, I worked, yeah. the amount of hours I spent yeah. making page numbers it, 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 correct. It has its <laughs> place in really time-saving all of these nuanced and uh, long-standing sort of annoyances in architecture. But uh, it also looks to the future and what actually can become viable. I think you look back to CAD and how that almost revolutionized how architecture was approached in the form of a 2D standpoint to sort of the BIM objects now that we're seeing uh, that's helping pave the way for these um, almost curvilinear forms that weren't really possible on, on such a large scale maybe 30 years ago. And trying to understand the process of what's next. I know that's a very vague approach to what I want to do, but I, I like seeing that forefront yeah. and trying to figure out what actually can become. Which is really interesting because it takes people like you that are constantly looking for what that future thing is going to be to create the future thing. And I'm not necessarily saying that right. you're going to no, create the right, next exactly. future thing. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know that you even want to, <laughs> but yeah. it takes people like that. And I know that there are a lot of people out there and that's what brings on things like CAD. That's what brought mm -hmm. on things like the modern day computer as yeah. we know it. And so it is super interesting. But after you said grad school. Yeah. After that. After grad school, do you have any idea about how you might try um, to actually put that into process? Yeah. Um, realistically, the idea of forming sculpture in general is a great medium for computation. It acts as this, especially with the the progress that like robotic arms are having nowadays. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've like really looked at those or like 3D printing in the manner. I think manipulating those aspects to help 
um, you know, uprising countries or these third world sort of um, cities sort of start to develop and uh, stand on a grand scale. I think it can be used for a lot of good purposes in that region. And that's something that's always uh, been interesting to me. You seem kind of like the perfect example of what, this is why we wanted to talk to you on this Mm -hmm. podcast episode, is you seem like the perfect example of someone going to architecture school with an interest in architecture. Right finding something that you want to do right. and it's it seems as though based on what you just said it's something that is going to propel you into almost right. a completely different direction right. not necessarily because it's still design related it's still right. architecture in a sense but, but it's be, not this yeah. it's not the basic i'm going to go work for an architect i'm going to design buildings it's something that is on a different scale and i think that's super cool it's yeah i, I there's architecture is such a big a uh, network of potential that you can end up in so many different facets of life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think it's wrong for me to try to, you know, see the no, different opportunities in that all. direction. I think it uh, just gives you uh, different outlooks on how it can be applied in the real world. Yeah. I-, I love the idea of the firm life and actually being able to produce something that, uh, you know, becomes tangible and physical. But you know, there's a flip side of that, and I've I've come to enjoy just the research side of things and really understanding uh, the thought process to what could be uh, physical. And you look, I think architecture has a tendency to look backwards a lot on what has been done mm-hmm. and try to imply uh, the future. Uh, through foreseeing things already pre-built, but what if I flip that on its head and maybe? start to predict some things and see what can happen in that manner. So it's almost um, it's almost a futurist. Yeah, I'm a very futurism sort of believer, yeah. honestly. So um, when you hear the phrase okay, this this is something that I've heard through school. Of course. And I didn't yeah. you know, for a while I believed it. But after hearing you talk, I'm not sure that I believe it anymore. <laughs> but it's just the term that like everything's been done before. Right. And for for starters, mm-hmm. I think that's like a really depressing thing it's, to tell yeah, somebody, especially like beginning, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. this career path and right. like, you know, you have to, your education needs to start somewhere. Right. But like for that to be one of the first things that I heard mm-hmm. once I got to school, I was like, yeah, no, it's well, terrible. Never that, that's super yeah. defeating. Yeah. yeah. It completely, I think, you know, it, throws up yeah. a mental wall of just saying like, oh, well, if that's the case, then. One, it's like, what am I doing here? But two, what can I actually contribute? Mm-hmm. And what do I want to, you know, right. setting aside what you thought that you might be able to contribute. Mm-hmm. Like after I heard that, you know, I was like, well, is that true? Mm-hmm. Like who said that? Like what's the grounds for them mm-hmm. saying that? Mm-hmm. But after hearing like some of the stuff that you're talking about, I mean, I'm hopeful. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can do something, you know. Even, I think, yeah, I think... Something, and it's something that I've had in the back of my mind the entire time I've been in school, and this is a perfect example of it, is that architecture school, obviously you go to school for architecture, a lot of people will take that and become an architect with it. But as we've seen, it opens up so many possibilities, and when you start to take possibilities of what you could do in the future and try to apply them back to architecture, I don't know. That's something that has helped me with what you just said, Nick, mm-hmm. about how like, well, shoot, can I do anything new? Mm-hmm. And I think this idea of, I guess we could just say futurism, 
because that's what futurism was and how it started and still is, is kind of not necessarily ignoring the past, but not letting the past dictate what we do in the future in terms of design and architecture and things like that. And so I think it's super interesting. You can, for for the vote in the camp of things have been done for, you can look to nature and understand the, the structure of, say, like a sea sponge, for instance, and really envelop that in architecture in itself. And while that might not be uh, indicative of your own personal design, there's still ways that things that have been done, quote unquote, in the world haven't been done yet in architecture either. I think there's been a long-standing process and philosophy that architects have followed for centuries now, but it's it's been very grounded in reality. And mm-hmm. I kind of want to break that reality and, you know, see yeah. what actually can be done from that. Um, but I think yeah. that's really interesting. And you say you bring up the topic of like a sea sponge right. and looking at nature you look at these like specifically engineered creatures who are thriving and surviving in these, you know, torrential uh, seafaring mm-hmm. weathers. And that aspect doesn't really apply generally at first thought to architecture, but then you can really understand the the engineering yeah. and the process that can inspire and with, actually create. With today's technology and engineering and computer development and 3D printing and so many automated processes processes <laughs> um, looking at things like nature opens up a whole right. world of possibility right. in architecture it gives options and yeah. i don't know did you take <laughs> did you take the biomimicry <laughs> i did class so nick and i both took yeah. biomimicry and it was with one of our good professors who we're hoping we can get to talk about arch- or yeah. talk about biomimicry and architecture on the podcast but Looking at that, that's just one example mm-hmm. of how there's still so much. We can look at the past and what they did and kind of continue to use those ideas in architecture. Or we can take advantage of the incredible speed at which technology is advancing and use that to create buildings that, I mean, one, are entirely sustainable. Like, there are so many so many bad processes in creating construction materials and buildings. They're cancerous and, like and toxic. And they really are. We're just standing what they can do to human health. That's a whole nother like That's a whole other topic talking about sustainability. And- <laughs> we can talk about that for God so long. But that is something that I know that some of our classmates have found an interest in. I know that they still are they're going into architecture, but they have a heavy, heavy interest and mm. in focus on how can we make architecture sustainable? And then getting into this idea of technology and what it can do for us is just... There's a like lot a, left to be discovered. Exactly. And there's a lot left to be seen. I think there's this notion of everything's been done. And I don't think so, really. I don't think I, so I don't either. think so. I'm, like, I'm with Nick, how you said like we got here and people very it discouraged makes it seemed yeah. like everything's been done nothing mm-hmm. nothing new is coming from it no one yeah. has ever actually said that but it kind of seems through history learning about architecture that's just kind of the mindset that mm-hmm. some people have a lot of people have well and i think with it's like i don't know i mean at least in school you know in the beginning studios you know you're asked to either generate a building of some sorts or something mm-hmm. right like one of the first things that i did was 
I, I would turn to precedents and I would turn to mm-hmm. things that, you know, inspired me, things that I liked, forms and well, shapes. That's and, what we still do. Right. So it's like you see that and then, you know, you you know, you know, you pull an aspect from here and an aspect from there and then you try to mend that, right? But there's always mm-hmm. going to be similarities. And so I think when I heard that and then I actually started doing that, you know, there was a part of me that was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, mm-hmm. let me let me come up with something that is like completely unique and maybe it has been done before but i just hadn't seen it so to me like you know not only the physical form of something but the type of toll it takes on someone emotionally as well i think is a huge part of what we do Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not saying that you know a computer can't ever replace that i think that's going to take quite a bit of time you know to really convey emotion you know without going through the standard process of you know, it's an idea and then maybe it turns into a sketch and then it turns into some type of image board and then it's a rough form and then you're you're messing with that and like you eventually get to the product, right? Mm-hmm. Or your solution. So I like the idea of technology making that process easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like the idea of it, you know, completely taking, taking over. Because yeah. it's like you we say, you know, like when I heard, okay, everything's been done before, like you know, immediately I'm like, well, okay, let me see if that's true. Like, let mm-hmm. me, like, let me get through this process and like, let me just see what I think about that at the end of the day. And, you know, like I look at buildings that we're familiar with that were being designed in the early 1900s. And, you know, you look at that and you're like, that wasn't built in 1930 because it looks maybe like something we've seen mm-hmm. in the present day or, it like it it seemed futuristic right but the form wasn't new the shapes weren't new mm-hmm. it was just the way that they were composed and um arranged essentially yeah right so i think that is you know something that we shouldn't as architects stray away from because i think it's it's important to be able to you know convey that emotion and to be able to do that in a physical form i think is special and mm-hmm. what you know essentially makes us unique not just architects but anybody in the design field yeah um so i don't know that's just kind of my my two cents i on agree it. but yeah. i like mm-hmm. you said you know being able to take you know these softwares that we're using and make them smarter and make them work for us rather than right. us working for them right i think is huge and you know that needs i will to say this is my personal thought on the matter here but I see it as a new era. I see it as this neo sort of futurism. And I personally believe that this will be a technology that will be used pretty heavily throughout the next you know couple decades or so, just on a general like mm-hmm. basis of knowledge as well. So, Which is super. It's, it's, it's a little scary to hear. It, um, it is. And it brings up a question. <laughs> yeah. It brings up a question for me. I mean, yes, it's scary because I have no right. clue how to even get started on something like that. Right. But it also, what I just said brings up a point mm-hmm. of architecture, as we've kind of learned in some of our classes recently, is kind of an aging mm-hmm. profession. Not necessarily that architecture is getting old, but the people mm-hmm. in architecture are getting yeah. old. And so at what point can we start to... Point take to this yeah. exactly at what point can we start to take this technology that can def- do these ins- yeah. insane things and start to put it out into the real world it'll, in all of these firms it'll, it'll define a generation you know yeah. it'll begin a personally I'll, i think it'll begin a new footprint on what can be done and 
what hasn't been seen. I, I think mm. there's been a lot of limitation and uh, sort of fear to what actually can be produced in the modern world. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I just see it becoming a lot more viable and understandable of use than it was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I believed it was a little bit more. I mean, it's been around for a good couple decades now, but it's still in its infancy. And I think it's only just now beginning to be realized as its full potential. I think it's going yeah. to be a small golden age, honestly. Yeah, uh, I can see Computerized uh, design methods that uh, at first it seems to be personally as like a fad of some sort of thing as mm-hmm. trying to understand what can possibly done and the race to see what next can be produced. But I, I see it just uplifting a lot of the the current standards of architectural process, like, like I mentioned earlier, the aspect of Dynamo reforming time-changing standards and time yeah. savings on you know page processes, um, profile lines, whatever you're trying to do in that sense there. Typing I think in it, code typing and everything, and, everything there. Yeah. But, uh, I agree. And I think what it's going to take is not necessarily at some point, do you think that this is the kind of thing that they'll start teaching in architecture school? It's funny you say that because they're teaching Grasshopper two years below us right now to our general school. Well, I kind of feel gypped yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the class below us, I, I helped teach them actually a decent portion of Dynamo and Grasshopper a little bit. Well, I, I can't say to all of them, but just to a couple. We've had a good couple conversations. But I, I look towards down below us now and – you wouldn't be you'd be surprised at how many are actually using these um, softwares in so their at, everyday life. So at some point in what seems to be the very new near future, there's going to be a studio at least at Oklahoma State that's probably going to have a heavy focus. On I think we're looking at a couple, maybe a year or less, honestly. Yeah. Which is which is cool, but I yeah. think that's what that's what it will take right. to get this out in the world and. Right. Even though people will start learning it in a year or two. It's how they use it that matters, you know. And also, because like I said, a lot of people in the architecture profession right, profession right now are aging. Yeah. Even though they might be the new newcomers in mm-hmm. architecture might be learning it in school now, I don't think it will become normal Process. until potentially yeah. after we are gone. Right, yeah. And so I think it's because there are so many people like as the newcomers, firms have a way of doing things. And they don't know these things that the newcomers mm-hmm. know. And so they're going to be hesitant to implement it. And what I think it will take is people that are learning these things like you mm-hmm. working their way up in a firm to a point of leadership or people starting their own firms right. after they become licensed with the knowledge that they have of right. computers and things like that. And that is whenever it will start to be seen more than just a in the profession. Yeah. And from there it will just grow and i think that is the hope that's at least yeah. that's that's my hope at least yeah i feel and, a little isolated currently in our school uh <laughs> just because i've kind of been alone on you know the yeah. subject it's been hard to really reach out and discuss this with somebody so you you question yourself a lot on if what you're teaching yourself is actually even worth teaching yeah. yourself, so you know that brings well that brings attention to the questions I've been just kind of, of holding over here. <laughs> so as you just mentioned, I'm sure it's crossed your mind. <laughs> you know, like, what am I doing? Right. Is this worth the time? Where am I going to be able to apply this yeah. knowledge? <laughs> so, and maybe this is a bad question to That's ask. That's a great question. But I, I can feel it. my initial question is like, 
you know, right now, if you were to be plugged into a firm mm -hmm. with the knowledge base that you have, right. why should they see value in that? You I know, without, you know, because it's not right. like you can sit down and show and, them, type all this it, out. Exactly. And show them and then like, okay, you're yeah. hired. You know, right. like how do you, how do you sell yourself and how do you, you know, because you, you have the knowledge that, that now differentiates you. Right. And I think that that's a very positive thing mm -hmm. and that is to your benefit. It just doesn't have any value. So how do you advertise and how do you convince <laughs> You know, I'm not going to say, right. I'm not going to use the, the term outdated, but a firm that might be completely, you know, blind mm -hmm. to these subjects or they're not blind to them. They just don't know. Kind of like Mason, mm -hmm. they're like, we don't know how to, how to actually how to use start. That. Yeah. How do we yeah. use this? Is it worth the time, money and effort? To and if, if this is something that we're going to pursue, right. how can we get it? away from just the one person because like right now if we hire you you're going to be the only person yeah. in the office that knows how to yeah. do it so i guess the question is you know and maybe you don't know it yet but like was it worth it um so i've talked to a couple firms and currently a lot of them aren't really willing to change their ways there mm -hmm. are there if you go to a lot of the larger scale corporate firms there are independent uh, groups that work within, you know, that group yeah. that work on these uh, these methods, and the majority of them are used for time saving purposes or small little elements, but not on a large scale. So, mm -hmm. at, for the United States, I can say it's not very helpful, especially in this area that we live in right now. Yeah. If you're on the coast or a little bit more high tech firm, you know, you're a little bit more of the the architect type yeah. life or honestly just anywhere overseas this is a widely appreciated uh, method of approach in a lot of europe and specifically in france and spain and how they actually approach uh, the art of design there so it, it's a little scary for me yeah. <laughs> at the moment looking at uh my what six months left here and being like you know there's there's no one here nearby that would probably but, vibe with what i'm trying to do here but, but but, that could also be really interesting yeah. because you could see that as sweet. There's my ticket. Yeah, out of I get country. to go. I get to go. <laughs> Hopefully, the the theory is um, due to COVID. I, I'm probably going to put off my grad school for about a year and go work for a corporation that focuses in. Uh, I won't say their name because I don't really know if I should. Yeah, that's fine. But um, uh, <laughs> but uh, it focuses more on <laughs> uh, production of these large scale. Um, facades almost for these uh, urban areas. And that's where you can really start to mm -hmm. play around there. But there's very specialized firms throughout the country that I could probably apply to. Yeah. But I can't just go to the mom and pop place, yeah. you know, an hour and a half away and be like... Firms like Nick and I are going to be working for. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that either. I have great potential I see in y'all. But um, I, I don't think that resource that I've learned is viable to get me a job in those types of positions, which yeah. is a little terrifying, especially how, how close graduation here. Well, I mean, but I, you know, you always have, you have that skill set, you know, exactly. that, and there's so, always someone who needs said skill set. It might not be where you currently are. And you might have to leave hundreds of miles away to actually find that position. But uh, I still believe the, there's a bright future there. Yeah. In terms of finding that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I feel like I could say pretty confidently that there's not a firm out there that thinks that they are doing everything correct. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, so yeah. even yeah. if you couldn't apply, you know, the more grand 
right. things that you have learned. Right. Um, you know, there's there's smaller things that you could plug in that could there's a time and place really yeah. benefit. Yeah. Wherever you are, right. you know, because well, what what are they going to turn down? Someone mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, I I know a way that we can make this much more efficient, mm-hmm. save all of us time and money." Like, what are they, they're they're know, not going to say? Not, are they going to say no? Exactly, like, and that's not. kind of what it, that's what it's going to take to get firms all on to that that mm-hmm. road of whatever we've been talking about. Is it's going to start small and little things like, okay, I know a way that we can have this whole firm produce pages of construction documents in a Out, fraction yeah. of the time. Yeah. What took you days before will now take you a couple hours max. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. And I think that's super interesting. And eventually that becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. And then and then after that, you're, and then you step in to and Trent <laughs> steps in and is like, all right, <laughs> now, that, ready for now that you've caught up with my pace, <laughs> yeah. uh, here's everything else that I'm working on. Yeah. I just designed it's, it's, it's an entire city yeah. under the ocean. Yeah. yeah. And it's he, Trent's going to be designing the cities on Mars whenever actually Elon there was gets a position there. that NASA was looking for for these uh, theoretical approaches for building methods really? on other planetary like surfaces. I can't validate that fully, but I've researched into it a little bit. NASA, Just added so, okay. if you're listening, <laughs> give this man a job. So what that has told me is that, and it's kind of a good place to wrap up with what we've been talking about this whole time is that. Just because you go to architecture school doesn't mean you won't find interests outside right. of architecture. And it doesn't mean that it won't take you places that you can't even imagine right now. Like I never in a million years would have thought that someone graduating with an architecture degree right. could even have the knowledge base to be considered for hire by uh, NASA. Possibly. I don't know. This is a theory here. That's a theory. theory I know. Here. But don't limit yourself. There's there's many options outside of just architectural in general that you can apply your knowledge to. Exactly. And that's the point that I'm trying to make yeah. is that just because you go to school for architecture doesn't mean that you're going to be an architect. And mm-hmm. that is okay. Mm-hmm. Because when you're in school and you find those interests that just get you excited, mm-hmm. that's what you need to pursue. Absolutely. And for some people like me, that is architecture. Yeah. I, I think designing buildings is exactly what I want to do. And it's something that I'm really excited about. And I think that Nick is the same way. Mm-hmm. But for Trent, clearly... It's a little different here. It's a bit different. A and that different. is 100% okay. Yeah. Personally, I think that's super exciting. And I think it's a good thing for the field in general that not everyone is graduating with the same ideas. Because <laughs> if we were all graduating with the same ideas, we wouldn't you know, get anywhere. Yeah. There would be no progression. And I, that's what we need. Yeah. Is some well, progression. So I'm excited to... Uh, to see your names yeah. and yeah. the magazine. I'm excited here's, here's for the, the day home. that I can tell people, shoot, I went to school with here's him. See that guy. <laughs> when they release the renderings for the new city going in on Mars. Yeah. <laughs> your pro, your picture, your Trent headshots right little there. Small Trent will be up on stage with Elon <laughs> talking about the Mars colony <laughs> that we're going to design. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I know that was kind of a very intense topic but it's hard to approach this listen to it listen to it twice or three times i think it's something that is super interesting and if you take nothing other than other interests come from architecture out of it i think that's perfectly fine because that's that's kind of the whole point that we're driving home and it's something that 
has opened my eyes to the possibilities that come from the, everything that we're doing. So um, thanks for listening this week. This was super fun. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, fun. of course. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Trent. Yeah. This was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, be sure to let us know what you think and give us any suggestions and things that you might want to hear us talk about in the future. I know we're going to try and continue hopefully with getting some other classmates in here. And like I said earlier, I'd love to have some professors talk about the things that they specialize in because we have some incredible professors that do some really awesome stuff that would be super cool to talk about. So, so yeah, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. But, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Yeah.